Well, Don, I think we're going to need to talk about Wakanda Forever and what we thought about it. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> I didn't have a segue to get there, so I froze. <laughs> so... <laughs> What's up, everyone? Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised a Geek. This week, we're talking about Wakanda forever and wrapping up of Phase 4 of the MCU. So let's get to it. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm here with my buddy, Don. How we doing, man? Chris, what is up today? My friend, we are doing well. Can not complain. Everything like is okay. We are doing well. <laughs> we are doing well, Eddie Brock. Yes, we are doing well. I don't know why the we. I don't. I don't know. It's just a thing I do. But everything's good. I am okay. Um, how are you? Ah, not too bad. Not too bad. Had a long day today. Getting back into swing of things. Coming off the weekend, uh, but mm. it was Black Panther: Wakanda Forever weekend. Made a shit ton of money. Everybody went and saw it. We're here to talk about it today because you saw it. I saw it. I went to a double feature. Mm. And rewatched Black Panther, which I haven't I seen was... since theaters, I don't think. Yeah. Outside of like that? pieces of it on TNT. It was a long time. Dude, I sat in the movie theater like six hours. Well, when you go see something like that, I got to know because I've never done it. I don't have the I don't think I have the mental capacity to handle that. <laughs> it's a long time. But like, was there a break in between movies or like after the first one ended, did it just immediately start? No, that was that was a large problem. Okay, so I got there at noon. <laughs> noon was when the first one was going to start. So I got there a little bit before noon, went uh -huh. to go get a drink, and they were like, hey, what movie are you here to see? I was like, Black Panther. They were like, the double feature? I said, yeah. And this other dude just hands me a large popcorn. He goes, you get a large popcorn with your ticket. I was like, cool, no idea. Score. Then I go and to scan my ticket, and the girl's scanning my ticket and stuff. And then some other dude, she was like, oh, you're here to see the double feature? And I said, yeah. And some other dude, reaches into his pocket and pulls out a collector's coin and was like, this is for you. And he hands me a coin. I was like, what is all of this? Apparently, what, it was all kind, on of, the what kind of adventure are you? Were you yeah. on like, what kind of quest? So to then, gain and tokens? then, and then I sat in the wrong seat. Mm. And so the lady showed up, she goes, I think you're in our seats where you have these seats. And I was like, Oh, okay. Sorry. So I scooted over. Then she's like, hi, what's your name? We're going to be here for a long time together. So I met Martha cool. and, uh, that's too familiar. That's yeah. too familiar. I don't oh, need so, strangers talking to me like that. So I was friend was friends with Martha and we watched the movie. And then after the movie, people started coming in, but they were coming in with all of the Wakanda Forever like collectors cups and popcorn tubs and all that stuff, which wasn't for sale when we got there at noon because the movie uh -huh. didn't come out till three. So Martha, cool. she had a bet with her husband or boyfriend or whatever. And she was like, I want a cup. And her husband's like, you're not going to get one. They won't give you one. She was like, watch this so she leaves and comes back with two cups just those giant collector's cups so she gave one to her husband she goes dare me and then she goes here you go chris and she gave me the other one so i got a wakanda forever cup thanks martha thanks martha so shout out to martha who made my wakanda forever but to answer your question they gave almost 45 minutes between movies oh that's it, it was see, way too long you need Wait, a, you need a you need a break. You need like fifteen minutes, yeah. maybe ten. Yeah. Use the yeah. bathroom, get up and stretch, go 
check your phone, get a snack, whatever. But ooh, 45, that's, yeah, that's too long. Yeah, the movie ended at like 2.15 because it was a two-hour movie. You do credits and whatnot. So it ended around 2.15 and they were like, all right, the second one starts at three. And I was like, what the hell? Like, yeah, that's, that's why didn't we start long. this at 12.30 then? And then have it give me, you know, 15 or 20 minutes of a break. But 45, it was it was painful just sitting there like, now what do I do? So you spent like seven hours at this movie theater. Yeah, I was there from 12 to 6. Jeez. More or less. Yeah, it was a long, long time. Did it. Don't know if I'd do a double feature again. <laughs> but it was fun to rewatch the first one on the theater, on the big For screen sure. and stuff. So it was definitely a good time. You mentioned uh, popcorn in there. Talking about they gave you free popcorn. We went and saw this movie in like an IMAX because that's the only way it could work out for us this time. Usually I go to like the Dolby Dolby Sound Theater and they have more space mm-hmm. in between seats. There's like bigger seats. Uh we didn't know what kind of seats the IMAX had. I knew it was a bigger theater, but they weren't really recliners. It was still re, re- uh reserved seating, but like smaller seats, IMAX screen, whatever. So you're you're closer to your neighbors. So it, with us in this theater, of course it's sold out. There's like so there of course there's going to be people next to you. I always get tickets on the aisle, so like at least one of us can sit at the end so we're not surrounded by strangers so i let my wife sit on the end i usually do i try to be nice and then so i'm sitting next to the these three teenage girls i could tell they weren't going to talk it was fine except for the popcorn thing now i get it people are allowed to have snacks (laughs) they encourage you to have snacks at movie theaters in fact of course so that's not a big deal someone has popcorn but just my thing is like you're sitting right next to me almost shoulder to shoulder and this girl i swear was eating a little small bag of popcorn for like an hour, <laughs> like just taking it one piece at a time. And every time she reached in the bag, I heard her rustling it around. And then like she would pull out one popcorn and like eat it. And I kept turning and looking and like, I'm, I'm, I was like, I can't say anything because that's just like going overboard and being a ridiculous human. But yeah, this yeah. is driving me insane. For a second there, I was like, I just want to knock that popcorn out of her hand and be like, you're done. <laughs> You yeah. are done eating this. It's, done. it's been an hour. You've had enough. <laughs> You're but not yeah, done with this thing yet. You're never going to be done. Yeah, that made me think like, do I like going to the movies just because of other people and all the noise and the wrappers and the popcorn and the coughing? And uh, yeah. But that's just part of the experience. But anyway. Yeah, I, I like I prefer to go where there's less. And that was part of the reason why I went to the double feature, because I was like, yeah, it's Thursday at noon. I was. Should be a relatively yeah. empty theater. It's going to be the emptiest way I'm going to be able to see this movie. So that was my my thought process. It still was kind of full, but not shoulder to shoulder. For sure. Except for Martha. Except for good old Martha. All right, Don. Well, I think it's time for us to talk about this movie. But before we do, we want to make sure you know that this episode of Raise the Geek is sponsored by Anchor.fm. What's up, Chris from the Raise the Geek podcast? The people of Wakanda fight to protect their home from intervening world powers as they mourn the death of King T'Challa. That is the briefest of synopsises for Wakanda Forever, Black Panther 2, out in theaters, making a shit ton of money. As I said in the beginning, Don and I saw it, so let's talk about it, Don. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this one with you. This movie's been in the works for a while, and we didn't really know how it was going to work, but now we both have seen it and... Saw firsthand, so spoilers. <laughs> we like, know how right? it's gonna work. Did, did we say spoilers? Spoilers for everybody. Okay. We're about to we're about to talk about it. So if you haven't seen Wakanda forever, if you're one of the few who hasn't, absolutely. And I'm sure at this point it seems like 
everybody went and saw it and made more money than Black Adam did in its current run in one weekend <laughs> or something. I think I said I saw that. That was interesting. I was like, way to rub Black Adam's nose in it. What did that Black Adam have to do with this? Right. <laughs> I don't know. I I couldn't. I kept seeing people talk about it, but couldn't understand why anyone was. I mean, I understand they're both comic book movies, but yeah. Right. What did Black Adam do to everybody? I thought everybody right. liked Black Adam. All right. It brought back Superman. I thought everyone was happy. I guess not enough. So I, I thought, once again, coming right off of watching, rewatching Black Panther going into this one, I thought they did a really good job of picking up after Black Panther. Um, the original, I thought they kept some good stuff going. You know, clearly the first one ended with T'Challa basically announcing Wakanda's presence presence and entering into the uh, the world, the United Nations. You know, they wanted to help. So um, this definitely picked up from that pretty well, remembering that, um, which I thought was kind of nice. But of course, this movie had the Chadwick Boseman of it, Mm. which is what are they going to do? Because as everyone knows, Chadwick Boseman passed away a few years ago, I think in 2020 already. Yeah, has it? Or was it 2021? I honestly can't be sure. I think it's probably 2020, more yeah, likely. But... I think I feel like it was like late 2020. But anyway, we'll look it up later and everybody is yelling at us and already knows. So then it was, how are, how are they going to address that? You know, are we recasting? Clearly, it, they let us know relatively early that they weren't recasting. They were going to move forward and this was going to be a sequel without T'Challa. Um, so then who's going to be Black Panther? Is there going to be a Black Panther? What does that mean? Then we saw the trailer showing a Black Panther. So we're like, all right, here we go. Um, what are we doing here? But I thought they handled it nicely. You know, clearly, as we said, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. But I mean, the whole opening of this movie was super heavy. Yeah, from pretty much opening dialogue spoken for about, you know, the first 10, 15 minutes of it. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, maybe even up to 20 minutes, like very aware of being very aware of itself and knowing what kind of movie you're going to have to present to us. and answering a lot of questions on well that's what we've all been wondering for however you know ever since chadwick boseman passed away was how are they going to do it how are they going to do this what are they going to say it's it's so hard to balance like the uh the decision not to recast so then you know you have to address you know the death of t'challa then also Mm -hmm. uh and like him dying in the MCU because the actor who portrayed him died. It's so it's, it's like a kind of a very tricky, tricky thing. And I, I'm sure they had to sit and <clears throat> figure out the smartest way and the most respectful way and, and all that to make that happen. So yeah, the the first, like I said, 15, 20 minutes of this movie was kind of a, trip man a little weird a little tricky yeah. it uh, was done it was done really well it definitely mm-hmm. brought you into it it was a nice uh moment for chadwick boseman of just kind of reflection and you know really kind of getting that closure i mean the whole movie was kind of trying to wrap your head around that closure um which made the whole thing kind of a, all over not all over the place but it kind of made it just kind of like you always had this real world thing yeah. hovering over the top of this movie you know where you're trying to 
the characters are all trying to deal with the death of T'Challa, but then at the same time, it's always like tied in with Chadwick Boseman as well. So it had this meta feel to it. Well, because it's like in our minds as viewers, you're watching them and they're all mourning T'Challa. But then we're like, but yeah, you know what? When they're delivering these lines, they're probably also mourning him in real life. Yeah. I mean, not probably what they are. Yeah. And then us as viewers are. Yeah. Like it's sad because you're thinking about like, oh, T'Challa's dead. But wait chadwick boseman's dead and it's like that's not that's not something where you're just like you know uh, uh, when iron man dies in avengers it's like oh that's a fun way to keep it keep the story rolling but it's like this is different this one's different it's clearly obviously to anyone but it's just it's it was it's kind of hard to i I was trying to think of another example of something like this but it's kind of uncharted almost at least in this genre, you know what I mean? It's not something you really run into too often. Maybe like when Christopher Reeves passed away, but they didn't try to make another Superman movie without him. Uh, yeah, it was, I can think of Paul Walker with Fast and Furious. Yeah, that is, that, that's he, one. He died in the middle of making Seven. And then when you're watching, when you were watching it, you're sitting there like, are they going to kill him? And Because he was still in the movie. So then right. you're sitting there like, are you going to be able to tell? Is he going to die? Is he going to go away? Like that one, you literally had zero idea of what was going to happen to the character because he died in the middle of making the movie and was still in the movie. But then, so then it was kind of heartbreaking in its own same way because they, you know, had their tributes to him in there. But yeah, I guess the other example then, which totally just slipped my mind is Heath Ledger. Yeah. is, Is clearly one. Um, where I still remember seeing that in theaters, like enjoying the performance and thinking like this guy's doing great. But then just on the, in the back of your mind, you're all, you're just the entire time. Like, Oh man, he's dead. You know what I mean? Like it it made it bittersweet and, you know, just a a cloud of sadness kind of over the entire thing, you know? Uh, Yeah. And you just don't know how it's going to be addressed or what they're going to do. Yeah. Now I have a question coming to the movie. Let's Chadwick Boseman sucks. It definitely made this movie special in a lot of ways, you know, Mm -hmm. that there were a lot of things they were able to do or that they did to honor him. I mean, that the the opening logo with him was I mean, was your theater like pin drop quiet? Oh, yeah. Not not a voice, not a voice to be heard. Everyone just kind of watching wide-eyed you know they did that perfectly no no music to it yep uh just the purple and and all his scenes and that was that was like probably the the one of the bigger moments of the film and it's not even part of the movie right it was just a logo yeah um but yeah how they how they did that with the moment of silence is really cool um now when they opened this movie clearly t'challa was having an issue Mm-hmm. And Shuri was trying to save him and she was trying to synthetically make a heart-shaped herb, mm-hmm. which is the plant that gives Black Panther the powers. His abilities, right? His abilities, which they didn't have anymore because Killmonger and the original burned everything. So there was no more left. There was the one last one that they gave to T'Challa at the end of that movie. Then there was no more, so they couldn't give him any more. And she felt like making a synthetic one, she could save her brother's life. Now, where I was confused was, didn't he already have that in him? Why would more Black Panther power save his life? (laughs) Yeah. I was 
confused kinda, by that kind of like way. I was like, wait, I thought he already I thought, had that. I thought that too. And then I kind of was thinking about it and I was like, well, they had the, it's, it's weird. They had to make his death somewhat the character's death makes some kind of sense I, I think that's why they didn't expand on it at all and yeah. say what it really was they always just said it is a mystery illness yeah didn't didn't get into exactly what it was so then us as a viewer could be like well something happened to him yeah. that his powers couldn't save him from his abilities couldn't save him from uh just all very you know big yeah, they, and, they, and they, it 100% they, they worked. Make, like I, they, they, I, had, they had to do it that way. You know, it, there really wasn't any other way to do it. Yeah, and it, yeah, it totally worked. I just, uh, as I've said a few days now on it, I've you know starting to think about all the different things, and I was like, wait, I thought he already had the herb. Why would another herb save him? But once again, we don't know what he actually was ailing from. You know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but anyway, how do you think this movie just? You know, I guess this could be a combination of what we think, but how do you think the movie worked without T'Challa? Like they didn't, they went the, they went the, we're not going to recast route. Mm-hmm. So how do you think that was a good move? Yes and no. Yes, more yes than no. But I think it could have. It's hard because it this it seemed like it was just a choice that Ryan Coogler and Kevin Feige made together to do it this way. They could have, yeah. Reca- they could have recast and carried on with a second, you know, a more true Black Panther 2 with T'Challa and moved on that way. And I think everybody would have understood because you know what characters characters last longer than people do, you know. Yeah. Um people who like we just mentioned christopher reeve played superman that wasn't the last superman movie ever made Mm -hmm. and this will probably never not be the last portrayal of t'challa that ever is you know what i mean but just for now this is the route they wanted to go just because it's like so fresh maybe in 10 years when they reboot everything and there's you know a new iron man and a new captain america and a new black panther i mean they'll they'll be more black panther movies now they already set it up well we'll get there yeah but uh so i think after deciding to go this route this is about as best as you could hope for i mean in the comic books spoilers we already said spoilers but i mean you if if, if you've been paying attention you can tell who is going to take over the mantle shuri becomes black panther in this movie and she does that in the comic books from time uh, you know from time to time too so it is comic accurate quote unquote that term but I think they kind of dedicated themselves to going this way and did the best they could with that route. I think this is not this. Yeah. This is not the movie they were going to do. We all know that things changed when, you know, he died. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's the only route they could have went. I, I would have been okay and understood if they recast and wanted to go another route, but I think just with how culturally, important black panther was as a film and how much people care about cared about it cared about chadwick boseman and his portrayal and everything that he represented i feel like it wouldn't have been received well if they were like all right we're recasting mm-hmm. a couple of years after he passed and like it makes sense why you would want to or why you 
would need to, but I can definitely see more backlash coming from a recast than going without him. Yeah, and I mean they were smart about what what, what how they did it. Just you call the movie Wakanda Forever. This mm-hmm. isn't Black Panther two. This is Wakanda Forever. So they decided we're gonna make this movie about the nation of Wakanda and its people that we met in the first movie. Let's yeah. focus on his mom. Let's focus on his sister. Let's focus on his, you know, uh, girlfriend and the uh, Dora Milaje and introduce a new interesting villain and just make it more about that race and continent and and what they're going through after the death of their king. You know what I yeah. mean? They made interesting characters, a lot of interesting side characters in that first movie. So they now they just kind of leaned into those characters and said, that's what this movie is going to be about these people and how they deal with the loss of their leader and yep. you know worked to mostly good results yeah and the, the supporting cast of the original black panther were the best part of that movie yeah you know it's like the black panther of it to my opinion wasn't the strongest part mm-hmm. but it was watching the relationships watching the other characters watching the character development and learning about this this nation and what they were trying to do and all of the different cultural aspects and the different um just feelings why killmonger was doing what he was doing like there was so much else like black panther almost took a back seat in his own movie <laughs> um, sometimes i mean there was even a, yeah. there was a portion of that movie for about 30 minutes he wasn't even in it because he yeah. got thrown off a cliff yeah <laughs> and you know, they wanted and, us to believe he was he was gone. But and I loved that all of the like the that supporting cast just filled in that gap where you were like, all right, he's dead. Let's keep going. Like yeah. and they just kind of the movie kept going well, mm-hmm. you know, a lot more than I think you could do if you didn't have that strong of a cast. So, I mean, those characters that they created and the side stuff were kind of, for me, the highlights of the original one. So watching them kind of get their moment to shine was kind of awesome. Yeah, it so it, I definitely enjoyed that. Yeah, it goes. It just proves that you know having strong supporting characters can really just make your movie. Uh, Black, like you said, Black Panther one. It's called Black Panther, but that movie was about all those side characters yeah. and relationships, and and he was just kind of like the action and fun stuff on top. But uh, <clears throat> so this movie is just kind of their, like you said, their chance to make it about them and they definitely did yeah absolutely so what do you think of black panther wakanda forever i liked it yeah uh, i liked it um <clears throat> maybe i didn't i didn't think it was like the greatest thing i've ever seen um but it did and you know answer the bell when called upon in a lot of good areas you know what i mean yes Uh, i don't know it's it's hard to put into the i'm thinking i'm thinking this through right now i i i liked it i didn't adore it or love it like whatever but i thought it was i thought it was really good um i don't know i'm i'm having trouble here what about (laughs) you (laughs) i'm having trouble like gathering my thoughts on it i don't know what did you think no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed I enjoyed what they did, um, the performances that they had in that, what they moving the story forward, what they had to do. It was in no way a perfect movie or mm-hmm. outstanding. It's the best the MCU's been in a while. 
and definitely a highlight of phase four, which we'll, we'll dive into here in a little bit as well. But, um, it definitely still had some stuff that didn't work for me. It still had some MCU aspects of it. And surprisingly, and we can go into it kind of however we want, but my least favorite part of this movie was black Panther. Mm. And, uh, once again, it kind of reminded me of the first one where it was like, I enjoyed all the supporting cast. I enjoyed the villain. I enjoyed, you know, everything else going on in Wakanda, the visuals. And then when Black Panther would kind of show up, I'd be like, oh, you know, it just wasn't. It just <laughs> kind of would always then turn from some, like something special and something different to just MCU superhero. Mm -hmm you know, special effects, CGI, and it just kind of always lost it. I have a little bit more feelings as to why Black Panther, in my opinion, did not work in this movie for me. Um, but I can definitely see why everybody was excited for it, why it works, why. I understand. Yeah. I understand the feelings that are out there. My biggest thing with, since we're on the topic, we can expand on it, like, are you talking about Black Panther didn't work for you or Shuri didn't work for you? Shuri doesn't work for me. I didn't. Okay. I, I was I'm aware that she took the role in the in the uh, comics. I still wasn't convinced because they never actually announced she was going to be it. It was clearly a female, but this movie's filled with females. So, I mean, it really theoretically could have been, been anybody, any of them. Yeah. And you just didn't know if they were going to do a swerve or do something. I understand where Shuri makes sense from a story standpoint, you know, of just her family, everything that happened, her dealing with tragedy, dealing with loss, her trying to, you know, what does she want? Vengeance? Does she want acceptance? Like her trying to deal with all of these things. So her leading to wanting this power and her doing that, it all made sense from a story standpoint. My problem with Shuri was that I just, to me, she is that side character. Mm hmm She's the, and especially just coming off of the first one into the second one probably didn't help this, but just this idea of Shuri kind of being the support, being the Oracle type role where it's like, Hey, I have the technology. I can help you out. I crack some jokes, you know, this, that, and the other. And then all of a sudden kind of thrusting her into, you're going to be black Panther. It's like, well, I never saw like that leadership thing that needed, like it just, I struggled with buying it, I guess. My other thing was, I, I it always bothers me in movies of being like, so she took the herb and now she can fight and do backflips and run around. And like, for whatever reason, it just pulled me out of it. Like, okay, so she's going to whoop on Namor now, who's been around for thousands of years or hundreds of years, centuries as a warrior and to this, but she took this herb and now Shuri, the girl who was the technology expert is just like going to whoop his ass. Like it just, I struggled yeah. with that, and I don't know if I ne necessarily needed to, but I still just did. Yeah, I get that. On that, I mean, she she has shown a few little warrior moments mm -hmm. in the first one, and I think she had some stuff going on in Infinity War and, and Endgame to like be somewhat yeah. of a, a warrior, but yes, definitely... But it was just, always based just around her technology, because like in the first true. one, she had her little blaster guns. And once those guns got ruined, Killmonger just threw her away like she didn't stand a chance. I really wanted um, Nakia to be, you know, uh, mm -hmm. the because she showed that she was the warrior. She was tied in. She was obviously the you know girlfriend, wife, whatever of T'Challa. She definitely was already emotionally tied into that. She deserved that level of like. That would have made sense if 
she like Shuri was just like, you know what? I want to do it. And I kept waiting for her to like hand it to the other girl and say, it should be you. You're the warrior. You're this. And like, I felt like there was a story there as well. And that was just kind of what I wanted to see was just something different in that way. And uh, have Shuri find her closure different than being becoming Black Panther. And I understand, you know, the way that the movie goes, she kind of is the queen and the last woman standing and is the leader, but just never saw in this film leadership in her so just all of a sudden kind of being in that role was jarring for me yeah <clears throat> i kind of I, I get what you're saying i kind of more looked at it like she got thrust into the role yeah maybe yeah. when she wasn't ready uh just things keep happening around her that just kind of forces her to like wakanda needs a black panther and she is the last descendant now of this family yeah, um, yeah. you know, she lost her father, her mother, and her brother all in kind of one swoop. So she goes from a, you know, wisecracking, joking sister to now like a brooding, sad world falling around her. And like, I don't know. Um definitely a lot of character development. Like I hundred oh, percent. I did like as much as like maybe that actress is a little bit problematic as we've seen and heard she apparently was a problem on set for them but oh really oh yeah definitely um i mean she she can act she's got some chops she actually she brought she brought a lot to the table uh i just like seeing two different sides of of sherry a little bit yeah now, i i agree with you on the stuff like all of a sudden she's a warrior just because you're given powers doesn't mean all of a sudden you know how to fight i get that but I know. I'm willing. I'm willing to let that one go a little bit. It happens all but, uh, the time. It happens all the time. My biggest thing with the Black Panther that I have an issue with is I feel like it took way too long to get us there. Yeah, and, and I just feel like maybe if they would have gotten us with Black Panther a little faster, it, it felt rushed to me at the end. Like getting her in the suit, having the big showdown with Namor. I mean, I know there's the fight on the ship too, where she did some stuff, but it was like. It just felt like it came too late in the movie for me. Yeah, for a movie that ran two hours and 45 minutes or whatever it was, almost three hours that this movie was, the fact yeah. that the end was as rushed as it was mm -hmm. shows that there was something off with yeah. that. Because, yeah, I think that they could have gotten there faster. They did a lot. I enjoyed and the movie never felt like it dragged. But then all of a sudden it felt like it was rushing. Yeah, right. Which is kind of weird because I never it didn't feel like three hours. Yeah, this is this is just another movie too. It's an example of you probably could have found thirty minutes to cut somewhere. I mean, you uh, can always find thirty minutes to cut, but <laughs> right. um, but I didn't mind it. I did not mind it. You know, I was dreading the idea that this movie was almost three hours long and going, "Oh my god, how am I going to do this?" But and then I went to a double feature for six. But <laughs> I, uh, I, I mean, I give all of the credit for for that of being able to pacing was great. Um, it just, but yeah, it was just weird when, like I said, all of a sudden when we got to black Panther, then it just started, just ran at hyperspeed for the last half an hour or whatever. And it was like, Whoa, you're throwing a lot at me and here's all this. Okay. Here's the Marvel action. And it just started to fall off the rails in that third act as these movies tend to do. They usually do. Yeah. Um, yeah, they usually do. But it's part of the ride. Part of the ride. Part of the ride. So what were some of your favorite performances? Did anybody stand out to you or? Um, 
yeah, there was uh, definitely some standout performances. I mean, if we're giving out awards, mm-hmm. got to give Angela Bassett something for of this course. one. Angela Bassett always deserves deserves things. But I mean, <laughs> she sure does. But I mean, come on, like. <laughs> uh deserves things i spaced out i guess she she definitely was in the first movie but like you can't really pick stuff from the first film where she like stood out she had at least three or four different scenes in this movie where she was just like damn angela bassett like you're you're this is a marvel movie what do you think you're in a scorsese film or something (laughs) right um yeah dude she she totally brought her a game i was really happy happily pleasantly surprised with that one Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, we're gonna get into Namor, but I feel like that actor who apparently is a newcomer to acting, mm-hmm. um, did a really good job. I had his name here, Tanak Huerta. I thought mm-hmm. he did. I thought he did a great job as Namor. I was really pleased with that performance. Um, <clears throat> we already went through Letitia Wright, um, Angela yeah. Bassett. Uh, Dene Guerrera Okoye, who Mm -hmm. you know from The Walking Dead, and obviously her role, she's been Okoye now a few different times. I thought she was great, she's usually great in this, yeah, as that character, she's always good. Um, so yeah, man, pretty, pretty much a lot, mostly some standout performances. Um, yeah, I I, honestly, yeah, everybody stood out. I enjoyed seeing Martin Freeman again. Um, I wasn't expecting uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus to pop up as Val. I wasn't. That was, a, that was a surprise. That was a surprise. I haven't heard jump back in and kind of bringing in the larger MCU of it into everything. Um, and, and then, then like, just have them, and then just have them mention just casually that her and Ross used to be married. Right. Like, Whoa, where'd that one come from? Right. Like, okay, yeah. this is interesting as they flesh out Val a little bit moving forward as we push towards Thunderbolts and future appearances of that character and just the movement of the larger MCU. So it was definitely a side story. I wasn't expecting. I was glad to see Martin Freeman pop up again. After once again, after rewatching the original and seeing how involved he was in that story and how, how much like he was tied in with those characters and Wakanda and seeing that he was continuing that journey with the Wakandans and helping them stay hidden while still helping. So I thought that was a nice, um, role for him and martin freeman's always great too i mean like i said for this sure. was a notch i mean there are a lot of stuff that could have been annoying in this movie and none of it was these everybody brought their game ryan coogler is a beast um of a director i mean like he does no wrong so <laughs> he's, he's the kind of guy now too where it's like you know they gave they gave the king dynasty to uh i can't think of his name right now daniel dennis Creeton Creeton yeah. or something from shang chi yeah and like they were like, you earned this movie. Here's you're also going to get along with Shang Chi too. Here's the King Dynasty for you. If they if they turn around and give Ryan Coogler Secret Wars, I ain't gonna be mad about it. No, like I'd be like, that's cool. Let's do that. Hundred um, percent. Because yeah, he's he's now two for two on on Marvel films. Just like the styling and the music, and uh, I loved that little music that played every time the Wakandans were fighting. Like that, like you know african tribal music every time they were on screen doing something i was like this is some dope this is like a dope vibe they're setting up here yep um yeah man i i don't know what you thought about some of the action scenes like the 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 ones at the end with black panther and namor they were fine but some of those scenes early on like when uh 
uh Okoye was fighting the big the big uh big henchman the the blue guy oh yeah out on the street out on the street that was top tier that was like a top tier scene with their spear fight like warrior versus warrior kept calling each other warrior like dude yeah that was that was some amazing mcu classic awesomeness yeah i loved a lot of the action see i i have a weakness for water okay i like i like, I like <laughs> movies that take place in water around water you know, famously, I'm, I'm, you know, a big fan of Waterworld and just like, I just always enjoyed if a movie takes place in water. So I was very excited that this was, you know, Atlantis, this was kind of its own thing. And yeah, watching all of those Namor's, you know, people and soldiers riding whales and they did it the best it's ever been done. The, uh, the sea, the, everything looked so realistic compared to like Aquaman, which I don't think you, you've watched Aquaman, but I've seen parts. It just, everything looked gritty. Everything, it looked like it really would look underwater. They limited talking underwater, which I was appreciative of. I don't Mm -hmm. think, you know, because clearly you can't talk underwater with no air. But, so I was glad that they didn't do a lot of talking, you know, in that, like where Aquaman, everyone's just like, and this felt like they were really underwater. It looked really good. I liked the realistic animals that they were riding and doing stuff. So yeah, when those, when the whales jumped, when the whale jumped up over that bridge and those warriors jumped off its back and like cornered them, I was like, Oh shit, that was awesome. And they were throwing water grenades. Like that was all just awesome. Yeah. It just made it feel very organic and real. Like, and these, these people are like a well-oiled machine. This race of underwater people, just, they know what they're doing. They're popping up in the dark in the water and, and, and being all creepy like a horror movie and just yeah uh, all that all that was great i really enjoyed that too yeah i mean there was wasn't much i didn't like man um well talking about talking about that brings us to namor yeah oh yeah you know we we, yeah we've we've had many conversations about villains in the mcu and where they land and where they stack up and how sometimes they kind of you know <clears throat> don't get the kind of representation that we think a villain should get so mm-hmm. where are you putting namor in in the villain hierarchy how how was he um we always got to talk about the villains a little bit yeah he he's up towards the top man um he's really up towards the top i liked that he just had a story he had you know uh his reasons for doing what he did and they were believable reasons and they were reasons that you could go, I could see that. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes the best villains. You know, Killmonger was always, is always in that list of villains because he had his reasons for what he wanted to do. And you could go, okay, I could see that the Mandarin had his reasons. And he, you know, it's like the villains that stand out are the ones that were, are given emotion are giving reasons. They're not just a CGI, you know, thing. They actually have a story and they, are given enough time to develop why they're doing what they're doing and whether it's right or wrong, they believe it and they can convince you that, Hey, I understand. And there's emotional weight behind what they're doing. And Namor had a lot of emotional weight behind what he was doing and being tied into, Hey, this is what I am. And yeah, he did some, some dark, some dark shit there and, you know, did his bad guy things, but was he a bad guy? You know, depends on how you look who at you it. talk to yeah. or how you look at it, you know? So, and that always makes the best, best villains. So. 
Yeah, man, this phase four, give it all the shit you want and people do, and I understand. But they're on the they're on the villain game. Like the villains coming out of phase four are some of the best we've had mm-hmm. in the MCU. Like Namor's up there now with Wenwu and and uh from Shang-Chi and um I mean Green Goblin in Spider-Man was a fantastic villain. Kang uh Loki. Kang in in Loki and and even Thor wasn't a great movie, but Christian Bale's um Gore the God Butcher was a great villain, I think too. Yeah. So uh yeah, like you said, the villains definitely affect you more and 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 keep you more interested when they have a story behind them and a reason and something you can kind of empathize with and like you said you're looking at them thinking well they're doing bad things but i get why they're doing it they're doing it for in their mind they're not a villain they're a hero they're just doing what's right and they don't care who gets in their way yeah and you know to us they have to be a villain because oh they're going against black panther they must be a bad guy but no in his mind he's like I'm doing this for my people. I don't care about the rest of the world. I'll burn the rest of the world for the protection of my race of people. And you know what I mean? So, yeah, um, yeah I yeah. thought he was totally badass. And it's just crazy to me how Namor, also known in the comics as like the Submariner, such a silly name, is just like a, such a silly character with the winged feet and the, the fish man who swims underwater. And it's like you never really thought they could bring him to the screen in such a way where he's like so believable like they know they actually did it they made namor like a formidable villain who now we can't wait to see what they're gonna do next um yeah, yeah. So. and he had his reasons i mean he was provoked to doing what i mean he didn't want to do what he did it wasn't until uh queen created a distraction for uh them to go in and kill his people to save shuri and uh, and mm-hmm uh what's her name which character riri oh riri williams yeah riri yeah when they you know went to go save them they they killed his guards you know and then he's like all right it's over now i wasn't gonna do this but (laughs) yeah you forced my hand Uh, forced my hand and like that there's not many villains in the mcu that can say you forced my hand right believably believably exactly that's what it was it was believable yeah. Um, as much as a fish man with winged feet can be believable, but yeah, I I would have liked a little bit more with how the winged feet work underwater, but <laughs> right, how that all gets tied together is kind of was kind of quick and uh, was just kind of like, what? Why would he have winged feet if he was born underwater? Right, true. I know they said he was a mutant, but it still just seems like a weird mutant power. Yeah, that is cool too. That it's, he's another confirmed mutant now. Yeah in the mcu so we're we're letting that number climb a little bit but uh yeah big then, namor fans it sounds like oh yeah namor was great and then uh since we brought it up as well ironheart riri hmm. williams the introduction so, of ironheart introduction of ironheart how'd you feel about that well that's the question is should it have been no it shouldn't have been <laughs> okay i mean I think I kind of agree with you. Um, I I think introducing the character the way that they did, cool. Yeah. Having her be the person who built this machine, having her, you know, be kidnapped, like everything about her worked. It was, I don't know why they felt this need to rush Ironheart. Did she need to have that suit? 
did she need to like jump that far into the story where she's like all of a sudden like i got an iron man suit and like was any of that necessary no she could have done everything that she did as a character introducing her tease that that's where she's going and then let her continue that journey on her show her own show and then you can have that debut and you can have all of that on her show and do, just jamming it all into this movie. I felt like it didn't mean anything because they never called her Ironheart in this movie. Mm -mm. They never really explained anything like she just went to Wakanda and she was just like, I'm going to use your technology. I'm going to build me a suit. Cool. Like, and then she just kind of was there assisting, but it, none of it. She never was given the proper attention to make any of it matter and to make me care about like, now where does her show go? What am I going to watch her do on her show? Like what I thought she did a great job. I enjoyed her. She made me laugh. She did a good job performance wise. It was just, I don't know why they decided to cram all of that into this movie and so much in the background. It just, I just didn't, I feel like it didn't do the character justice. <clears throat> yeah. And I, get where you're coming from and i think it was kind of a rushed intro to her too i get why they did it because i i think ryan cooler is involved in the Ironheart show and he kind of wants to maybe just pick it up at a different spot and not do an I'm origin sure. show i'm like, sure get the origin out of the way in this movie then i can do some different adventure that's not just an origin show again but <clears throat> i'm also kind of like thinking well is this is this also kind of the way that Black Panther himself got introduced in the MCU in Civil War? Um, you know, they brought him in in that movie and mm -hmm. kind of just like, well, he's in the suit. Oh, he's fighting alongside uh, Tony Stark. Like, we're just in the middle of some Black Panther action. I don't really know where he came from. I don't really know what he's doing, but he's just kind of in it. Is that almost what they did here? You know what I mean? And then we got the Black Panther movie where stuff was kind of explained and expanded upon. Same thing with Spider-Man. Spider-Man's all of a sudden just in Civil War. And, yeah. and then next thing you know, you have Homecoming and he's in the middle of his adventure. So maybe that's the route they want to go. But I do agree. I would have liked to see like her from scratch building the suit, um, kind of having her, her motivations. Yeah, her motivations as to why she's doing what she's doing, why right. she... Um, what made her want to build any of this stuff? What made her able to build? Like she just kind of was this wonderkin who could just do it. And it's mm -hmm. fine to a point, but then it was all of a sudden just like, Oh, nope. I have an Iron Man suit now. And you're like, okay, yeah. cool. Like, I just like don't feel like the, she's got the finished product. Like, yeah, and, yeah. And because they didn't, it'd be one thing if she just showed up and she had the finished product and that's just what she was cool. Like black Panther and civil war, but here, no, that's not what she was. We showed, we showed the Mark one that she had. And then all of a sudden she jumped all the way to iron man, but we didn't see any of that or understand why she did any of that. And I just felt like there were so much things in there that we just don't know. It just yeah. was, it just was a fast jump that made me just be like, all right. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was it was a really fast jump. They kind of like just like skip through her whole story. So I guess we'll we'll really be able to judge it to of see course. if it works when the show comes out. Um, of course, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I'm it's a good introduction. Like I said, I thought she did a great job uh, performance wise. It was just jarring by the time we hit this bottom thing where we have her flying around and we had the blue angels flying around, and I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> Yeah, got a little wild there, a little little third acty, little third acty at all. So, where do you think 
we go from here? That's another good question that I'm not sure of. Um, because it's it's kind of just there's a lot of strings hanging there, and we don't know which one they're gonna tug on, you know. Right. Uh, we don't know if if Sherry's gonna continue on and be in other films, and like the next time there's a big team up movie, is is she standing side by side with the Avengers? Is she part of is she part of the plans moving forward? Um, I don't know. I don't, well, and I, I guess really don't know. a lot of that comes down to the mid credit scene. Yeah. Because it was basically given to us that T'Challa had a son who was like eight years old or whatnot, six mm-hmm. years, seven years, whatever he was. Um, so we have T'Challa Jr. Yep. Ready to basically take the T'Challa name and the mantle and be T'Challa and bring T'Challa back to Black Panther. And be able to do that in a way, and with a with a little time jump there, you make him a teenager, or you can make him twenty years old pretty quick, and have him literally just pick up where they wanted to go with Chadwick Boseman and just have it be his son. Um, so I'm pretty sure that's obviously where they're headed with that character. But then it's how long do we wait for that? How many years do we want? I mean, is there going to be another time jump coming up where we can multiverse and grab this T'Challa, or do we just you know, let him grow up a few years and, and do it. So, I mean, I feel like that's the basic idea for where they go with Black Panther is getting to Jala Jr. in that suit. Probably at some point in the timing will have to be, we'll probably be old 60 year old men before we see this yeah. payoff completely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, who knows? I think they're, that is just their way of planting a seed saying, you know, there will be a T'Challa again at some point. Yep. I'm sure none of them know the answer to when, but they're just planting the seed. They're saying, you know, it's going to happen at some point, which is fine. That was a, that was a touching scene. And Oh yeah, it was great. Um, um, yeah, definitely, definitely worked, but did you sit through all the rest of the credits? No. Cause you told me not to. Yeah, I did. I just <laughs> was curious if you still went for it. No, nah, we were out of there. Um, yeah. I would wish I would have been, but so all know. you if you're listening out there and you haven't seen this movie yet which if you listen to us this for we just totally ruined it for you there is no uh after credit scene right you know i don't know i didn't stay i stayed and there was no credit scene so okay just i watched a lot of people on twitter argue over what's a post credit scene and what's a mid credit scene but because mm. apparently people are like there's a post credit scene and they're like, no, that's a mid-credit scene. They're like, you're an idiot. And I was like, oh my god, this whole conversation is giving me anxiety. Yeah, yeah. Of people arguing over what's post and what's mid, but there's a mid-credit scene, but not a post. Yeah. So, yeah. Wakanda Forever wraps up Phase Four of the MCU. We got a shit ton of content, seven movies, and probably seven or eight TV shows. This was the uh, the the phase of Disney Plus, and you got all kinds of things. So to wrap up our, this conversation, because that's gone way longer than I thought it was going to. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Kind of was, it kind of was, but I'm curious, where do we rank the seven movies in the MCU Phase Four? Have you have you thought about it? Do you have a Oh yeah, it's it's you can't you can't help but think about it. You always do, and and like I, like we kind of talked about, Phase Four gets a lot of crap, but 
when you sit here and look at these movies, I mean, there is some quality ones in here. So, um, yeah, I can probably pretty pretty easily rank them. You think you can? Yeah, I know my. I've 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 thought about it, and I have my. I actually okay. had a conversation with my wife, and we were actually ranking the movies and trying to figure out where we fell with them. So okay. I actually know my list. Oh well. Well, give it to me then. Give me yours. Do you, do you want to know? Do you want it from the top or the bottom? You want me to go backwards? Yeah, go backwards. Let's okay. let's do it the fun way, like a countdown. Countdown. Number seven, mm. Thor: Love and Thunder. Okay. I hated everything about that movie. <laughs> I know. I know you did. I just that was not for me. And Thor: Love and Thunder is, I think, almost at the bottom of this my mcu list if i made a list but like it was, the entire the, the entire, entire mcu i spent the back <laughs> half of that movie literally just sitting there trying to think if i've seen a worse movie i just I, it just I, wasn't 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 for me so thor 4 outside of the couple shining moments with gore and whatnot just was not for me so thor 4 is at the bottom mm. uh number six is black widow mm. that just movie i it had aspects but it just wasn't what i wanted it to be uh, number five is Dr. Strange multiverse of madness. It had some Sam Raimi that I enjoyed, but overall I just wasn't the movie I wanted it to be. Yeah. Number four, which most people has this movie down at the bottom in the dregs is I put the Eternals. Okay. I really liked the Eternals. It was something different. Uh, and this is, you know, I have to rapid pa- pass these for everybody, but number, my number three is Wakanda forever. Mm. Mm-hmm. My number two is Spider-Man No Way Home. And my number one is Shang-Chi. <clears throat> Still Shang-Chi. Still Shang-Chi. I, that movie just... And not taking anything away, definitely from these top three, in my opinion. I mean, they all have their their marks. I don't really get into the dregs until, like I said, the last three. Doctor Strange, Black Widow, and Thor 4 are my low. The first four i think they can almost bounce around but shang chi for me was just I'm, I'm a martial arts person and just everything that they did to see it on the big screen like that i saw that one twice in theaters which is like unheard of for me um just the way that it was put together the villain the wen wu of it the story that they were telling michelle yo colors just everything that they did in that movie was cool and just right up my alley was made for me i just didn't i enjoyed a lot of that and i think overall looking at it it still just sits at the top for me for sure. And if you're listening out there and have not heard our show before, we definitely have episodes about each and every one of these movies. Yeah. Um, so you guys can go back and check out our full thoughts on all of these, I'm sure. If you have the time and feel like it. Um have the inclination <clears throat> to do it. If you have the inclination to do so. But uh yeah, I mean our I think our lists are close. Um for me the I bottom figured, figured it's the top bottom, three that mix around a little bit. Yeah. Um for me, the bottom is still Black Widow. Uh, <clears throat> didn't really love much about that movie. Have never had a uh, urge to watch it or revisit it again. I just didn't think it was great. Um, after that, I'm with you. Thor: Love and Thunder didn't do much for me. Outside of gore, outside of some some scenes here and there, <clears throat> kind of a disappointment. Which is insane, right? Which is insane. I thought it's it, insane. I thought it was, it's absolutely yeah, it was, insane that that movie isn't yeah. like the best thing we've ever seen and yeah we thought it was gonna be from the oh, trailers from everything like i didn't as much as i liked ragnarok i can't believe how little i liked love and thunder which is mm-hmm. wild 
but I digress. Um, yeah, then after that, I'm with you, Doctor Strange 2. Um, another movie that was fine, but just not really what I thought it was going to be and not as great as I wanted it to be. Uh, so then we do get to the top four. Um, I flip-flopped on this a little bit since we, we've ranked these movies before and I had yeah. this one a little higher, but then I will go Eternals next after mm-hmm. that. Uh, I thought Eternals was pretty good, but as far as Phase Four goes, it's kind of like right there in the middle. You know, yeah. it's there's three movies that are better than it and three movies that are worse than it, so that's fine with me. Uh, then we get to the top three, so then I'll go Black Panther, Wakanda Forever as three. Um, my two is going to be Shang Chi, and still number one for me, Spider Man. I think Spider-Man is still the cream of the crop for all these movies. I know a lot of people like to point at, well, would it be as good of a movie without uh, Garfield and Maguire? And I think, yes, it still would be. Uh, I just I just loved everything about that movie. And It would have been a different movie without them. So you can't yeah. answer the question. Yeah. So, yeah, man, top three, all great. Eternal's great. Bottom three could have been better. But, yeah, I mean... Phase four, like I, I've already said multiple times here, it gets a lot of shit. But we've gotten some good stuff out of phase four. And then you start adding in some of these shows that have been top notch yeah. TV. Uh the MCU's not dead, folks. Don't believe don't believe what everyone out there is trying to tell you that the no. MCU ended after Endgame. There's there's still stuff going on and we're building to something else here. So uh Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm still I'm still 100%. having fun. Yeah, me as well. And Wakanda Forever definitely reignited some of that fun for me in a heavy kind of emotionally draining story (laughs) yeah for sure but it was definitely definitely good we will be here talking about as we move into phase five which do we know what that kicks off with is it ant-man or are they doing a show Uh, ant-man's before secret wars right or secret invasion think so well we also are going to get our little epilogue of phase four which is going to be the guardians holiday special ah yes uh, yes yes which is officially like not phase five but like i said an epilogue so yeah after that i think we're going right into ant-man and then secret wars after that okay so phase five a kickoff in february we will be here talking about it here on raised a geek so make sure you don't miss it by like subscribing and following this podcast on all podcasts and social media services and make sure if you do want to join the conversation, you hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Raise the Geek, or you can shoot us an email at Raise the Geek at gmail.com. Absolutely. Those are the places. And thanks for listening. <laughs> Absolutely. But I think that's going to do it for us this week. So for Raise the Geek, I'm Chris. And I'm Don. And thanks for checking out the show. Where geek is always geek.